This is the Yes We Canada podcast, the progressive's guide to getting the fuck out. Episode 39, from Little Rock to Big Rock. Hey, I'm Matt Zimbel in Montreal. There are upstanding conservatives, staunch Republicans, proud never-Trumpers, or perhaps I should say never-again-Trumpers, and they're hurting. They lay their weary anti-woke heads on their pillows at night and dream of Nikki Haley being inaugurated as president on January 20th, 2025. Now, gosh, I'm... Sorry to pop your right-wing patriotic bubble, but I'm afraid that the future felon-in-chief, Donnie J, is the one who will be representing Republicans on Election Day and likely raising his right hand on January 20th, 2025. So it's not without some tenderness and sympathy that I say to you, my conservative friends, hey, partner, you might want to think of busting a move to Canada. To all my country club Republicans, my Bush boys, my King Ronnie acolytes, my McCain mavericks, the past two seasons of this podcast, Yes We Canada, have not been about you. In fact, you've been excluded. What's our cut line, Lisa? The Progressive's Guide to Getting the Fuck Out. Right. The Progressive's Guide. But hang on a second. Hold up. Progressives are kind people. Folks who like to share and not exclude anyone. So, my anti-MAGA Republicans, this one's for you. Your very own episode of Yes We Canada, Reactionary Edition. And cue Lisa. Cut line in three, two, one, rolling. This is the Yep We Canada podcast, y'all. The reactionary's guide to getting the fuck out. I'm still Matt Zimbel in Montreal. Welcome, conservatives, right-wingers, rednecks, populists, and an especially big welcome to all you crazy fucks who voted for both Obama and Trump. Yes, swingers, what were you thinking? If you're conservative and you're thinking of busting a move to Canada, there's really only one place for you. I, I mean, you're welcome anywhere. We, we don't, like, have a Brooklyn here in Canada. But the natural place for you, really... That's Alberta. It's like our very own Lone Star State. If what you crave is that flawed Republican logic, the trickle-down economics, the institutional racism, the vaguely disguised anti-immigrant dog whistles, the anti-gay, anti-trans family values, the bracing smell of oil refining in the morning, well, that's all widely available in Alberta. Today on the pod, we're going to compare your red state of Arkansas with our blue province of Alberta. Oh, right. I get it. That's kind of confusing. You see, up here in Canada, Stan, red is the color of the liberal, the pinko commie, the radical left, as you call us, and blue is the color of your people, conservatism. 
So your red states and our blue provinces are like brothers and sisters in arms. And right now, we've got five blue provinces, three red provinces, and two orange provinces. What? Oh, right. The orange ones, they're kind of like socialistical. Arkansas red, Alberta blue. Both have women leaders. The one who talks like this... Today, we're taking a stand against woke nonsense. Some on the left will accuse us of being nitpicky, that Arkansas should just lay down and accept the cultural revolution without complaint. I say it's the exact opposite. That's Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders. And well, she's a Republican from Arkansas, where the state cut line is Regnat Populus, which, as you know, is Latin for the people rule. Oh, man. Hit me with some sound design, would you, Pi? And the one who talks like this... It's just an injunct meet before the Constitution. As for me, let me be clear. I know I'm not perfect, but I will never apologize for defending Albertans against federal actions harmful to our province. I will never deviate. That's Daniel Smith premier and leader of the United Conservative Party of Alberta, where the cut line is also in Latin. Man, those Latins are killing the cut line business, I'm telling you. Alberta's is fortis et libere, strong and free. And a smattering of engineer's choice sound design, please. Strong and free. (laughs) Delicious. Stirring even. Alberta, 661 square kilometers, 4 million citizens, no sales tax, no payroll tax, no health care premium. Strong and free, yeah baby. Alberta, home of Canada's oil patch, a world leading producer of beef and bitumen. Arkansas has little rock, but Alberta has big rock. Not bragging, just stating. You could not find a finer example of provincial corporate rock. Yeah, 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 Alberta. No, Alberta. Alberta. Oof. And shall we have a look at the Arkansas theme, which I bet will be a little more rootsy, a bit more corporate hillbilly, shall we? Arkansas is about a sixth the size of Alberta in landmass, and its three million-odd citizens are ruled by Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Now, you may remember Sarah standing at a podium every day at the White House as press secretary for the liar-in-chief Donald J. Trump. I want you to bookmark the word podium, because in a second I'm going to circle back and, and tell you a story about why Sarah's a gal who loves a good podium. 
Uh, the media has attacked me personally on a number of occasions, including your own network, said I should be harassed as a life sentence, that I should be choked. When I was hosted by the Correspondents Association, of which almost all of you are members of, you brought a comedian up to attack my appearance and call me a traitor to my own gender. In fact, as I know, um, I'm as far as I know, I'm the first press secretary in the history of the United States that's required Secret Service protection. The media continues to ratchet up the verbal assault against the president and everyone in this administration. And certainly we have a role to play, but the media has a role to play for the discourse in this country as well. Is Sarah coming back to you now? No? Hmm. Okay, perhaps you remember her dad, Mike Huckabee. Started out as a Southern Baptist preacher, ended up as the governor of Arkansas, and then ran for president a couple of times. He also wrote the book, The Kid's Guide to Fighting Socialism, which admittedly is no green eggs and ham, but it sold much better than Huckabee's sequel, The Kid's Guide to the Truth About Climate Change. You know we can't make this shit up, right? Hello, I'm Mike Huckabee. Schools and the media are promoting socialism to our children and undermining the important values we're trying to teach our kids. That's why your kids need my Kids Guide to Fighting Socialism. It'll help them learn the dangers of socialism and how to fight back. As your kids read the Kids Guide to Fighting Socialism, they'll discover how socialism is aimed at the heart of America, how it gives too much power to the government. Now, I'm sure that if Sarah, leader of the Arkansans, and Daniel, leader of the Albertans, bumped into each other at a Rotary Club dinner or Tucker Carlson's green room, they'd be besties in no time. They both truck a kind of angry disposition towards the media and the woke left. They both spew a kind of just-below-the-surface suppressed rage, perhaps born of a societal expectation that, as women, and in Sarah's case, a mother of three, they might actually support kind and compassionate political policy. I know it's hard for you to understand, um, even short sentences, I guess, but and please don't take my words out of context, but the separation of illegal fam- alien families. And you throw children in cages. You're a parent. You're a parent of young children. Don't you have any empathy for what they go through? Y'all on the radical left demand more of your women leaders. That's not right. Thought y'all considered women equals. Hold my beer. <laughs> Well, no, women are not equals. They are better. And yes, we on the left expect them to act better, especially better than men who have for a millennia started wholly unnecessary wars because for some reason, men just keep having to put their dicks on the table. (laughs) Hold my Chablis. The reality is these two, Sarah and Danielle, are both gals who are slightly to the right of Attila the Honey, but they like to imagine themselves as compassionate conservatives. Danielle's dad was an oil patch consultant, and when she was growing up, the family lived in subsidized public housing. Sarah also lived in subsidized public housing, for her father was Governor Mike Huckabee, and Sarah lived at the Arkansas Governor's Mansion. Sarah's been a Republican all her life, But Danielle was not always a capital C conservative. Her political roots are in a fringe party called the Wild Rose Party. Sounds gay, huh? Nope, it's just the opposite. A wild rose is the official flower of the province of Alberta and of the Wild Rose Party. Started in 2008, they were to the right of the governing Progressive Conservative Party of Alberta, who had been in power uninterrupted for 43 years, one of the longest one-party rules in the world. 
Wild Rose was a gathering of anti-federalist, mostly rural, libertarians whose cut line could have easily been, Alberta first, fuck the feds. They harbored separatist sentiments for Western Canada and started talking about something they called Wexit, which we called Elmer Fudd, trying to say Wexit, you silly wabbit. I got something for you. For me? Well, let me have it. I'll let you have it. Here it is. I got you now, you wabbit. I'm gonna blow you into a million wabbit cutlets. In 2012, the Wild Rose Party won 14 seats in the provincial legislature, and Daniel Smith became the leader of Her Majesty's loyal opposition. And this is where it gets super... Super interesting. Two years after being elected, Danielle got an offer to join the governing progressive conservatives, the very party she was charged with opposing. And she went from leader of her Webble Wexit party, Wild Rose, to member of the government. (laughs) She crossed the floor, took a pay cut, didn't even get a cabinet post, probably didn't even get a better parking spot at the legislature. To put that in American terms, as I I know you guys love me to do, that'd be like Ted Cruz leaving the Republican Party in the Senate and accepting a backbencher position in the Democratic Caucus in the House of Representatives in exchange for, um, nothing. Well, as you can imagine, Smith's loyalty, dignity, and trustworthiness was severely questioned after her dramatic floor crossing. She became a political pariah. And when she ran as a progressive conservative in her former writing, she got the crap beat out of her. Ouch. Silly wabbit. She returned to her job as a talk show host, lobbyist, right-wing gadfly, and part-time traitor. So, the fact that she now leads the former progressive conservative party, which has now been rebranded the United Conservative Party, and she's currently serving as the premier of a province of four million souls, That is one of the greatest political reversals in the history of all democratic civilization. My never-Trumper Republicans, after you've moved to Alberta and see Daniel Smith speak, you'll think to yourself, man, this woman is whip-smart, angry as hell, and a media force to be reckoned with. She's my kind of redneck. But hold the phone. Sure, she's big on bitumen, but she's also pro-choice and pro-sex worker. What? Yeah, and you'll be comforted to know that she's also a bit whacked on the science front. She's anti-vax, she questions Alberta's role in climate change, and in 2003 she wrote an opinion piece in the paper that claimed that smoking cigarettes can actually have health benefits. Hmm, what would that be, Dan? Walking outside the office to have a butt on your break? Well, I better check my Fitbit. Who knew? So Sarah and Danielle would no doubt have a few crosswords on abortion policy and maybe family values, but these two ladies are deeply united in their hatred for the radical left and those girly boy deficits that Democrats and liberals seem to love. Which is why we need to talk about Governor Huckabee II and Sarah's love of a good podium. After lying to the media on a daily basis for two years as press secretary during Trump's Celebrity Apprentice presidency, Sarah grew tired of those big, bulky, manly podiums in the White House briefing room. And I mean, let's face it, 
They are a bit of a fashion buzzkill. Behind that massive podium, no one can see the fashion statement while listening to the lion legislative statement. Those manly podiums had to go. So when Sarah followed in Daddy's footsteps and became the governor of Arkansas, she sprang into action. She rose to deliver her remarks. Good afternoon, and what a great day it is in Arkansas. And one day, while throwing down yet another captivating speech on why Arkansas was ranked 45th in education in the U.S., she asked herself, Why am I even wearing pants? No one sees nothing down there. More than anything else, education is how we invest in our future. And since there's no pants-optional dress code for governors of Arkansas, Sarah decided that the good Lord wanted her to go forth and commission a lady lectern. And commission she did. Gosh darn, just by coincidence, one of her best friends owned an event company and designed and built her a lady lectern at a cost to the good citizens of Arkansas of $19,092.25 American. Case included batteries extra. The poor taxpayers of Arkansas, the ones with the second lowest per capita household income in all of America, were now the proud owners of a stunning $19,092.25 podium. <clears throat> to be clear, I, I do think some definition is in order here. You see, actually a podium is an object you stand on. An lectern is an object you stand behind. Pip, pip, cheerio. <coughs> You're damn right I stand behind a gender-specific lectern. I am pro-life, pro-gun, and pro-lady lectern. Hold my goddamn beer. <coughs> now, by appointment to Her Majesty the Late Queen, our firm has been building lady lecterns for close to a century. It's absolutely crucial that the design and construction of the Lady Lectern be autonomically exact. The deck must extend from mid-vulva outward on a beveled plane inclined at no more than 38 degrees. What is technically known as the document lip must be no less than three centimeters, allowing lady speakers a secure place for lipstick, mascara, and tampons. Pip-pip. Well, this will come as no surprise to you political pundits, but Lectern Gate was born, and, of course, Sarah blamed the media and the radical left. You know, people want to manufacture a controversy where there isn't one, but uh, this is something the state's been reimbursed for, and, um, you know, I think there's some people that are always going to be angry, always looking for something to complain about, and that's what they're picking for right now. But, poof! All of a sudden, the good people of Arkansas no longer owned a beautiful lady lectern. <gasps> because for some reason, after the Arkansas-based lawyer and blogger Matt Campbell made a few access to information requests and the press started howling about the expense, the Republican Party of Arkansas decided to buy, <coughs> decided to reimburse the government for the podium expense for $19,200.25. Whoops. Get me uh, forensic accounting on line three, would you? But Governor Huckabee II has no time for these petty complaints about her podium, for she has important matters of state to spew from her lady lectern. 
In the late summer of 2023, as Sarah's three young children, Scarlett, George, and Huck, slept peacefully in the governor's mansion, the governor was in her study, putting the finishing touches on her newest legislation, Bill HB 1410, the Youth Hiring Act. Sounds terrific, doesn't it? Productive, positive, a GDP driver to make the greatest nation on earth even greater by employing children under 16 without requiring the children to get a permit from the Department of Labor or from their parents. The one-page youth work permit that was de rigueur until Sarah became governor was just more pesky red tape legislated by the radical left. Now, Upstanding American corporations in Arkansas could hire 14-year-olds without their parents even knowing about it. All right. But, as we all know in America, profit first. And upstanding American corporations like Packers Sanitation Services were fined $1.5 million, the maximum allowed by the Federal Department of Labor for employing more than 102 children in dangerous meatpacking plants in states that also included Sarah's Arkansas. Then, because the education system in Arkansas was rated 45th, Sarah decided to bust a truly Democrat move, and she created a new education policy called LEARNS and gave her teachers a raise. A big one. Starting salaries for a teacher in Arkansas went from $36,000 to $50,000. But Simultaneously, she introduced legislation that makes it easier to fire teachers and a policy called the Education Freedom Account Voucher Program, which basically privatizes education by diverting money from public schools and makes education a for-profit enterprise. Just the type of Republican education hocus-pocus shit we always hear about from the right. Help the rich with a handout and tell the poor to pull up their goddamn socks. Well, damn, learn sounds like an interesting bill, and I'd like to read it, except, uh, uh, except, um, I can't read. I was educated in Arkansas. Hold my tears. When Republicans legislate their backward, anti-humanist, regressive laws like the Learns Act that invariably produce results that make life harder for poor and working-class people, they always say the same thing. Yep, well, elections have consequences, which is the right-wing equivalent of nanny, nanny, boo, boo. Just like when Republicans talk incessantly about there's too much government red tape and regulation. Except, of course, when it comes to restricting reproductive rights and banning sex education, then the more regulation, the better. Bring it on. Which is why Arkansas has the third highest teen pregnancy rate in the United States. Meanwhile, back in the North, Alberta Premier Daniel Smith is in a rage. Mad at the federal government, mad at Prime Minister Trudeau, and mad at his girly boy socks. She wants drill baby drill. She wants no carbon tax for Albertans. And now, she wants to pull Alberta out of the Federal Canada Pension Plan, and she wants more than half the money that's currently in the plan, even though Alberta makes up only 11% of the national population. That is not girl math. That is bully math. 
Oh, yeah, and like conservatives everywhere, Premier Daniel Smith wants less red tape and regulation, which is perhaps why an unlicensed central kitchen run by a Texan daycare company that provides lunches for daycares in Calgary served up a meatloaf in August with a bad E. coli infection that made more than 350 people sick. 39 of whom were hospitalized, some in very critical condition with hemolytic uremic syndrome, which can affect the kidneys for life. What can I get you? Oh, thanks. I'll have the meatloaf. And how do you like your meatloaf? Regulated. Despite the occasional bout of hemolytic uremic syndrome, life in Alberta is good for the anti-woke. In fact, Alberta is the home of the founding grandmother of the trucker convoy, Tamara Leach. And good news, y'all. Tamara finally made bail. And sometime in 2024, we expect a verdict in her trial on charges of mischief, intimidation, and counseling others to break the law during the 2022 trucker convoy, also known as the Bouncy Castle Revolution. Now, since our pod today is specifically handcrafted for my American Never Again Trumpers, I need to tell you that during the trucker convoy, there were many, many Canadian truckers who were flying Trump flags off their cabs. Yeah. They were endorsing a candidate who was not even running for office in Canada. What? You can't vote for Trump in Canada, Stan? See, goddamn, I told you the election was rigged. Hold my beer. Okay, guys, during the show, I've been speaking to the deep stake, as us woke leftists are wont to do, and there's been a change. We know how you Republicans hate open borders. So we're rescinding the open invitation to country club Republicans and never again Trumpers that we gave you at the top of the show to immigrate to Canada. You are, in fact, still welcome to join us up here in Canada, Stan, but only on an exchange basis, because frankly, we don't need any additional right wing voters in our country. So this is how it's going to roll. For every one of you never-again Trumpers who immigrates to Canada, you have to convince one Canadian convoy trucker to move to Arkansas. Think of it like a prisoner swap. Straight up, one for one. We'll take a Romney, you get a loony. Good to go? Thanks for listening to Yes We Canada. On the pod today, sound design and mix by Pi Salem Cutler. Doug Wilde and Matt Symbol wrote our theme, which is performed by Manteca. My name is Lisa Evans, and I'm your announcer. We're always grateful when you hit like and subscribe. Until next time. Bye.